Welcome everybody to the WrestleFlip podcast, the very first episode, and where I, the host, Nicholas Roberts, I'm going to review wrestling pay-per-views, maybe other important shows come across the year, and give my thoughts, feedback, and opinions on what should have happened, what shouldn't have happened, how this should have gone, how this should have gone, stuff like that. And for the first episode, we're going to look at the Money in the Bank 2019 episode, May 19, 2019, not an episode pay-per-view. And I did not watch the kickoff show, so we're not, we're going to kind of mention it but skip past it uh the usos victorious fire uh double ooze splash um clean uh it's predictions i did have predictions going this i made on friday before i got that wrong uh with the entire card i look over it now yeah um some were very predictable some weren't um but as of, i I'm, I'm all for one to start the night and that was i thought the they just won the belts two weeks ago on the SmackDown. Yet this was a non-title match. You would have figured they would have won, you know. But um, you, I guess I don't know what they're setting up for. SummerSlam SmackDown tag title? Are they combine the belts? Are they going to end the brand split? That's kind of what they're this wild card rule. That's kind of what they're going for with people just popping up wherever they please, you know. Oh, I have a Monday off. Let me just show up on Monday Night Raw, even though I would rather spend time with my kids. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. But again, I don't I don't book the show. Uh, they open the show, uh, the women's Money in the Bank match. It's Money in the Bank. Of course, you're going to open the show with a Money in the Bank match. Um, Bailey, Nikki Cross, Natalia, Naomi, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose, and Ember Moon. Match was the right match to get the crowd going. Um, it's Money in the Bank is always going to get the crowd on their feet and hot and excited for the next, especially to open the match when there's two of them. You might as well open one and close one. That's exactly what they did. Exactly what I would have done. Maybe I would have flipped them. You know, if we just had the triple threat of mania closed the show i would have i would have had that close the show but as you'll see later in the show they, they had other plans and this had to go on top uh you know big highlights uh it's a ladder match you're gonna have some crazy spots nikki cross putting the bladder on her shoulder and just spinning around smacking people in the face helicopter spot always a good spot it was really nice to see you know you don't really see it very often because it really does more damage to you than it does your opponent because you just dizzy yourself with a ladder on top of um, other than the other one that's just right on top of my head, the Eclipse off the ladder, into the ring on Natalia and the Moon. It's a fantastic finish, you know, it's something that captivates the audience and looks really cool, and that's what you need to kind of have that it factor. Um, Carmella was taken out really easily. I, I don't, I'm still not sure what, um, but she went to the back, and she, it was some terrible acting, so you kind of knew she was, she was going to come back later in the match. But, um, another, what, the sandwich between Bailey, Natalia, Manny Rilla slamming the ladder in between. That was, that was a nice spot. Later in the match, again, the Eclipse. People get taken out. Uh, we'll, I'm trying to remember who, who is back, okay. Um, uh, Moon was on top of the ladder. Manny Rose couldn't do it. Carmella comes back out, goes to climb the rope. Sonya Deville comes back up the ladder, pulls her off, throws her out of the ring, Takes Mandy Rose, puts it on her shoulder, climbs up the ladder. Right? And you're thinking, all right, Mandy Rose, that, that's why I had to win. So I was like, yes, I finally get a prediction, right? No, here comes Bailey, running up the ladder. It looks her dead in the face and throws both of them up, grabs a briefcase. Bailey's missed money in the bank. Is it predictable? Yes. But it's the right call? Probably. You know, uh, having just split from Sasha Banks, who... Lord knows it's still with the company after what has all been quote unquote rumored. 
about their thrashing around after losing the, the women's tag belts. They've been tremendous in this women's evolution to get to this point. Her winning Money in the Bank kind of removes or kind of hides all that under the carpet for the time being. And honestly, as a big Bailey fan, this is the, I think the right call. I, I would have been fine with uh, Mandy Rose as well. Which I, had, I thought because she got her title opportunity pulled at Mania, I would have figured they would have given that to her to compensate. But no, that didn't happen. And it was a good match. Got the crowd hot. Uh, next up, Mysterio versus Samoa Joe for the United States Championship. I had Samoa Joe winning. And as a repeat of the WrestleMania match, this match went on a little bit longer. But Mysterio picks up the uh, Hurricane Rana reversal win. Joe, I think, broke his nose. Blood was just coming out of his nose. And it didn't make any sense to have another short match. Uh, they're just hip-hopping the title. I mean... Mysterio's son Dominic was really backstage watching after that he came out. Joe beat the crap out of Mysterio. Kind of made sense. I don't know if they're... I don't know what they're building towards. Is Dominic again in the ring? Are we going to have another custody battle? It's, it's crazy as that sounds. Going back to SummerSlam, what, 10 plus years ago? With Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio for ladder match. Where is this going? Is Dominic again in the ring? I don't... I, where are they going? There's Potato... Do they not know what to do with the United States belt? I think keeping it on Joe and, and letting it letting it go hot would have, you know, made a dominant champion, made him a clear case for maybe a WWE title shot down the line. No, I I can't tell what they're doing with this, um, as far as I'm concerned, because none of this makes sense, you know, other than they're, they're obviously setting up another title match, as far as I can see, with Joe coming back out and just mopping the floor of Mysterio and, you know, with his own son watching him. Um, bloody and all that looked pretty cool. I think that the only plus to that is a bloody Joe beating the crap out of somebody looks fantastic to me because as a Samoan submission machine, he should wipe the floor with everybody as champion. But uh, we're again, I don't know where you're gonna go with this. Is Dominic gonna get in the ring? I I thought maybe with that quick match they were gonna have Dominic turn on his father, but no, I I don't know. Uh, next up, very very quickly. Uh, Shane McMahon versus The Miz. Still cage match. I had... The, what? The Miz? Yeah, I had The Miz because he was second from beating Shane McMahon and Mania in that Falls going to match. So a, but no. Um, Shane McMahon immediately tries to escape. Kind of... Does not want this match. Um Boy has been running from The Miz and seemed to do it again. Miz got some offense in. Shane McMahon got a chair from Lord knows where. Um, then that immediately backfired as the Miz used it m multiple times. Uh, Miz has to go for finale, goes for the cover. McMahon puts his foot in the bottom rope. But it's a steel cage match, notice qualification. That shouldn't have counted. Um, I don't know if that was just the ref myth. The refs were terrible tonight. I'm just going to say that now. They got so much stuff wrong with the Joe match. So the Joe, I forgot to mention the Joe match, that Joe's shoulder was like a good 20 yards off the mat and the ref still counted one two three and i don't know if that was planned or that just effed up the main event of wrestlemania ronda rousey's shoulders were wide off i lord knows what what was going on there but no that bottom rope i don't know if that was they're trying to implement shane is power hungry and is going to fire a referee for counting one two three you know on a pay-per-view against the miz that went on um got Led up to McMahon again going to the top of the cage. Numerous times he was inches from just jumping down to the bottom of the cage. Miz catched him. And this time, 
goes for a superplex, and Shane slips to fall out. Miz grabs his shirt. Shane McMahon, being the smart the smart man that he is, slips out of his shirt, falls to the floor. That's the end of the match. Shane McMahon wins. Um, first thoughts is where the hell was Miz's dad? He was he he's been a, a huge part of this um story this storyline. You know, especially at Mania when Shane McMahon beat the crap out of him. I think broke his ribs. I think that's what it was. He did he did something where, but I don't know why he wasn't here. But I think a couple days ago I saw he did a run at an indie show. Which why that makes no sense for me. But then again, um, and WWE makes no sense sometimes. As we'll go later in the show in the main event. Where was he in this entire thing? You know, or were all the other goonies that Shane McMahon used in the coming weeks up to beat the crap out of the Miz? I where are they going with this? I'm going to assume SummerSlam. Miz is going to go over a SummerSlam bigger show. I just don't know where they can go for the they did false going to wear a steel cage. Are they going hell in a cell? Um, a ladder match. I don't know whether we go with a ladder match, tables match, some epic conclusion because they're keep up in the stakes every time. Where do they go with this? Do they just drop it? Because McMahon is commissioner. SmackDown. Miz is on Raw. I don't know if he's on Raw. The wild code rule again is just completely wild. There's no real consideration to... I don't know. They said, what, max of four, and that gets blown out of the water within a couple hours every time. Um, Next up in the card, Cruiserweight title. Tony Nese for Zeri Navari. Tony Nese with the win. That's actually what I got predicted. So as of that match... I am, what, one for one, two, three, four. One and four. Terrible. And a lot of people say that we don't, the WWE is very predictable. Sometimes they do, but like this, I, maybe this is who I wanted. You know, I thought, I thought that's where they were going to go because, especially with the Joe match, I thought they would have kept that after he beat him in like a minute at Mania, but no. Um, that match was good. Um... Ari Davari comes completely out with uh, a Berto Del Rio 2.0 gimmick with a car honking the horn, and it's a nice car. Um, you know, I think one one would have thought with the Game of Thrones finale going on that they would have stuck that towards the end of the card as a quick match to just kind of for rest fans to not miss anything during that. I have no idea what's going on in Game of Thrones. Whatever, not a big fan. Never watched it. Probably never going to. Um, have it this this early on this mid card. It's a, it's a step up for the cruiserweights because and Mania they they were on the they were on the kickoff show, and that's especially during Mania when there's people are still filing into their seats and getting situation buying their drinks their beer their popcorn their, you know their food their beverages whatever t-shirts belts what they're doing everything else but watching the show, because they just get in the building and they want to experience everything and a lot of people so for them to be on the mid card shows what their, I don't know the plan is, um. I think the cruiserweight division is going to stay a hell of a lot longer than it did back in the early 2000s because guys like Cedric Alexander, Buddy Murphy, Ali, which we'll get to later, all came from this division and popped out. Um, which, I mean, for a while I thought it was going to get canceled. For, like Honestly, I thought it was going to get canceled with Neville leaving. Uh, Enzo Amore getting fired for, you know, whatever reason he did. I think it was he just kept, kept stuff secret. So for them to be in the mid-card, is a hell of an accomplishment. I think. I think. I think they should have had it later, with Game of Thrones, so they wouldn't have missed much. But I don't make the decisions here. And uh, niece, niece with the running niece. Um, 
he, I mean, he kicked out of the hammerlock lariat, and that was being protected heavily. So he would have thought, I guess, the, he would have won the belt. But no, they did, they decided to use the first person to kick out of this maneuver card in a losing effort. Where I don't know where they're gonna go with this. I don't follow 205 Live much often. I don't know if they're gonna use Oni Lorcan or anybody else who's been kind of hot right now. Now that especially now that they've raised all of their former the former champions, you know, up to the main roster and they can be used. I haven't seen much of Buddy Murphy or even Cedric Alexander. I don't watch the week to week shows because They've kind of been repetitive, but I might have to get into it just to watch up to, up to SummerSlam to keep this up. Uh, next up, oh, yeah, the key. Sami Zayn, let's just have a recap before I get into this. Braun Strowman was in the Money to Make Ladder match, the men's Money to Make Ladder match. Uh, I think rumors were that he had another oh, shoulder injury, so he got pulled out when Sami Zayn beat Braun Strowman in a false game match with the help of Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin. So he gets pulled out. In comes Sami Zayn talking to Triple H, who's on the phone, clearly annoyed. Sami Zayn asks for protection because he does not want to do with Braun Strowman, which, very predictably, he has done this numerous times throughout the, I mean, the last year. When he's obviously not happy, he will come out in the middle of a match, you know, the big old Raw theme and everything, and ruin the match for whoever, you know, ticked him off in the first place. And, you know, Sami Zayn had every right to be like, can you just not, can I not deal with him? And then Triple H says he's, banned from the arena um and so he's saying shouldn't have anything to worry about but he's still in for protection and Trooper said just get the hell out i don't know to deal with you he's already banned whatever um and then later later in the show they have we cut back to a referee dragging triple h to a backstage area where we find sammy saying hung up by his feet in some shady corner of the arena it clearly writing him out of the match Allowing the gate for, you know, whatever happened in the money men's Money to Make Ladder match to happen. I thought it was interesting. Um, I don't know why you would put Zane. I honestly thought this may lead to Braun Strowman being completely innocent, you know? Or he he didn't get to Sami Zayn just yet. Or they maybe Alice Black turns heel or the Bray Wyatt gimmick that was pretty hot. And they, I'm interested where they go with that. I think more into that later. But he wasn't a part of the cards, so maybe not. Uh, wherever... I thought they could go in a whole new direction with this, but I think they're going to go predictable and have Braun Strowman versus Sami Zayn at SummerSlam, which is probably going to have Braun Strowman go over. Um, it's kind of just a filler time, I think. I don't know why you would put Zayn in the match. I don't know why you, you couldn't just um, make it Strowman versus Corbin and McIntyre, and if those two win, Strowman's out of the match for good. And then... The replacement is Sami Zayn, you know, keeping it. Because Strowman beating Sami Zayn is here, sure, with a huge asterisk of him getting help pretty much on a three-on-one false get anywhere match. That, I don't know. Sami Zayn character's hot with the new heel gimmick he has. Don't get me wrong. But I just don't see this way. I don't I don't get the whole direction they went with that. Nonetheless, Zayn is written out. Strowman's written out. Um, Triple H asked him to leave. He didn't want to, you know, typical right of arresting him. Firing him, finding him, throwing him out of the building with security. No, he asked him to leave. Braun Strowman left. That was the end. We saw him for the rest of the night. Um, moving on, we had the first of two, or two. I'm not gonna. I was gonna, I was gonna say something that would spoil it. Women's title matches. Becky two belts. Becky Lynch first title against Lacey Evans, which rumor is the next Ronda Rousey. After I think she's done with WWE. She was here for what a year and a half, a year, a year flat. I think. WrestleMania 34 to WrestleMania 35. 
I I don't know. I like I would like to see more, you know, especially four horsewomen, Bailey, Sasha, Becky, Charlotte versus the four horsemen in MMA, or even Becky go on SmackDown and or not Becky Ronda go on SmackDown and clear the SmackDown because there's so much more she, she could have done. But I guess you want an in and out start a family go. Um, but Lacey Evans is apparently that 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 replacement for that spot. Um, match was fairly decent. I mean, it was kind of obvious Becky was going to keep at least one of her belts, you know, if not both of them. And to, you know, it was kind of nothing special to the match. Back and forth, Lacey goes for a roll-up. Ref is very slow, which kind of kind of adds to the theme of ref screwing up a bunch. Becky Lynch reverse and disarmor. Lacey taps almost immediately, ending that. And just when Becky goes to leave, Charlotte comes out and says, no, we're going to do this now. SmackDown Women's Belt happens, kind of. But it was a good match for, you know, having that good spots. We had the natural selection missing, falling on the floor, which was going to hit in the apron. That looked good. Uh, disarmor attempts, natural selections, all of that jazz. Uh, and after that natural selection failing off the apron, Lacey Evans comes back, hits, you know, hits Becky. Charlotte goes for something. Ducks roll up near fall. Boot, one, two, three. Charlotte's your new women's champion. And then the two of them decide to beat down Becky Lynch. Kind of predictableness. The crowd started going, we want Bailey. The new Miss, Miss Money in the Bank. She's cashing any time. Sure enough, Bailey's music hits come running down. Beats up Lacey Evans, throws her out of the equation. Char Charlotte beats her up, goes for one move, hits the turnbuckle, hit, falls like a heap of bricks. Then we have a cash-in. Huge pop. With two years in a row now that they've done that with the Women's Money in the Bank last year with Alexa Bliss, cashing out on Nia Jack, taking the belt only to lose with Ronda Rousey a couple months later. It's a huge pop. Cash-ins, if done correctly, are fantastic. And this was done correctly, you know? I would have thought... They could have done it two ways. If they're going to do it this way, they're going to do it two ways. They could have, A, gone this route. Or, B, in my opinion, there's been so much better. Have Becky roll up Charlotte. Get the fluke victory, right? And then the two, the, the, the blonde pair of Lacey Evans and Charlotte Flavor on two different brands. Again, the wild core rule is really weird. Beat up Becky. So she's out. She's out. Completely out. In comes Bailey. Bailey turns heel, cashes in on her friend. One, two, three. Bailey's new SmackDown Women's Champion. But instead, once Charlotte have like a heap of bricks, Bailey cashes in. The pop of the crowd. Ref comes in the ring. It was Earl Hebner. Fantastic referee, but that's not the point. Cashes in. Bailey drags her away from the ropes, which is a fantastic. They shouldn't have to. Money in the Banks have happened where they, they wait for the, the champion to stand up. No, it's you can cash in anytime you want. I'm I'm sure you could probably cash in at the dude's house at 3 a.m. on a on a Wednesday night if you really wanted to. That's that's what it should be. Um, other than that, no. They match started. Bailey goes for top. Macho Man O will drop one, two, three. Bailey's you know SmackDown Women's Champion, which I think again is going back to the point where they're trying to kind of brush the whole rumors about Bailey and Sasha. Throwing a temper tantrum, you know, in the locker room after the match, which has been negated. But we haven't seen Sasha on TV since. So one has to wonder if there is some truth behind that statement or those rumors. But for now, uh, Mikazi, Sasha's husband and costume designer for WWE, 
have denied it. Uh, the Iconics, Peyton Rice would be like, hey, we're not in this card. I was kind of kind of upset to see that. They didn't have a lot of title matches. Those belts were not defended. Balor's belt was not defended because he was in the Men's Money in the Bank match. Um, and then they're revealing a new title. I, I honestly think they have too many titles. Because, sure, they have Universal WWE, United States Intercontinental, Raw Tag Team, SmackDown Tag Team, Women's Tag Team, Women's Championship on both brands. What? One, two, three, four... The three tag team belts, two, two women's belts. They're already at nine. So it'll be and then the new belt. That's ten on the main roster that I can think of off the top of my head. NXT's NXT title, NXT North American Championship, NXT Tag Team title, the NXT UK belt, NXT Women's title, and the NXT UK Tag belt. There's that's three more. Like it's that's sixteen right now off the top of my head. Cruiserweight belt. Um. That's 17 off the top of my head. There's probably more that I can't think of because I don't ever see them. But that's 17 belts for a roster of 70 people. And for that to happen, I think there's enough belts that we could spread out programming over six days. Not like not counting Sundays or really five days because Saturdays are reserved for NXT TakeOver. I was kind of upset there, were, there wasn't one to last night, but... Then again, I think they like to spread them out. Let's make some more special. I think they're having TakeOver 25, the first. I think I'll be working for that, but um, I'll think I'll watch it after and might give my thoughts on it later. Other than that, like, I, there's too many belts, and adding that next one is not the right move. But, yeah, just not having... I, th I, like, I understand this is not Night of Champions where every belt is defended guaranteed, um, but... I think the the tag this the women's tag belts with Bailey and Sasha were meant a whole lot more in the eyes of WWE, but as soon as I dropped them at Mania to the Iconics, they're kind of forgettable in a way because I think they had them defending against jobbers or local talent, whatever you want to call them. Why makes zero sense? I get that local talent is used to put over. Something they want to build up as a threat. But wouldn't you have it a non-title match? And then again, it goes back to the point where you had two two actual tag teams in a non-title match on the kickoff show. W booking is very confusing, if I would say so myself. Um, yeah, that and the Intercontinental belt not being defended off the top of my head. There's probably more that I can't think of. So, But trying to pushing all of that underneath the rug with Bailey winning the belt, I think is the right move. Um... And I think as I'm, I'm using CBS Sports to make sure I keep up on everything. Um, what? Yeah, she is NXT, NXT title, women's tag team belt, Raw SmackDown, Raw and SmackDown. That's four. I think she's the first woman to make the Grand Slam champion, which is something that Ray did earlier in the night. But I think it's, I think she's the fourth woman to win both the Raw, Raw Women's Championship and SmackDown Women's Championship. I think Charlotte was the. Either Charlotte or Alexa was the first. They were the first and second. Again, blonde, which kind of shows Vince's uh, bias or preference. Becky did it, obviously, when she had both at once. She's the only woman to do it because they split it up immediately. I thought they were going to unify them to kind of lower down the tag belts because the uh, SmackDown women's division be like before the uh, Superstar Shakeup was very, very thin. I thought they could have used it better to combine the two and make it to where women on Raw can face women on SmackDown. Then that, that would kind of eliminate the brand the the brand split, but they might do that.
But with SmackDown getting that big old, what, a billion-dollar Fox deal uh, starting in, in October, going on Friday nights, that might not be the best. I don't know if that that's what Fox wants. Again, it might not be what USA wants. They want Superman to appear on their show, so therefore they don't have to advertise, you know, USA doesn't have to advertise Fox, and Fox doesn't have to advertise USA, which might lose They might feel like they might lose money, but I just wonder if Fox is re- reconsidering spending a billion dollars on a wrestling show that has lose lose it's still pulling two I think two million people a week and I think it's adults only might it, you know I think that's the, but when they but when they made the deal I think early last year maybe late two years ago they were pulling three million almost four million to almost half that and still be paying a million dollars when you're a couple months I think they're hoping that the, that the ratings spike up. Because it is Friday night, and people may be more inclined to watch on a Friday night instead of a Tuesday night. But then again, what what goes on on a Tuesday besides work? Like I don't work Tuesdays, but I work Fridays, so that caused a problem for me. If if I if I wanted to go watch Friday night SmackDown, I understand it's always always been it's always been pre-recorded on a Tuesday, but up you know aired on a Friday. Now this is live on Fridays. That just doesn't, I don't know, like case problem because more people work on a Friday night than a Tuesday night, especially where I work. Excuse me. Uh, for, I, I Tuesdays are dead, completely dead, and there's not much to do. Friday nights are a whole lot busier. You don't get you. There's no chance of getting sent home early or, you know, catch it up. You're gonna have to catch up after work. I think, especially if you work tonight, you're gonna have to catch up on all of this. I just don't know uh, if they, I don't know if they're regretting walking into this deal. WWE is making a ton of money. I think financially they're better off than ever. Just one has to wonder whether or not AEW on the horizon and the potential Tuesday night dynamite with TNT. I can go on a whole other tangent about that. They have their show the 25th in a couple weeks. I'll have to, I might be able to do a podcast on that one, but they able to do that. I, one has to wonder what the representatives of Fox are thinking now that all of this is going on. They actually... I'm just hoping WWE actually gets their gets in gear. Now that competition's there because I think they've... Everything's kind of... The product has staled a bit because they don't have any competition. They, they are the best wrestling company in North America. And I think that's going to be there for a while. AEW is not going to come anywhere near, close to WWE within two years, I feel like. Maybe in like the next five years, I feel like if AEW brings their A game week in, week out, killer pay-per-view signs top tier talent away from WWE and bring and keeps that product better than WWE, and especially if WWE keep this shitty booking um, the way it has, DQ, dusty finishes, you know, nonsense booking like like the like in the main event I will get to later. Just one has to wonder, will AEW ever take over? Or will, it, or will this be WCW 2.0? Especially being on Turner Broadcasting and TNT. It's And again, Cody Rhodes, the son of Dusty Rhodes, who, who created WCW. There's a lot of parallels going on. Is this going to be another WCW 2.0? Or will this be different? Because WCW had it. If you look back, they they had a shot to over, and they, they, they I mean they did overtake WWE, but for how long? 
they started getting coffee, they started slandering, and then they got bought out. When I was wondering if this is going to be different. But I have a feeling that because Young Bucks, Cody, and oh what Kenny Omega have a mind for the wrestling business and hopefully know what they're doing, I hope this is different. Because as a fan, and as a future professional wrestler myself, who's going to go into this business at the time of it's going to be peaking off when everybody is going to get in the wrestling, when AEW is another option to go to, I want both companies to succeed and competition raises and better products are instilled because then I will have a higher incentive to go out to a company. I will have more off. I have a better offer on the table for one or the other. Because let's say I have I've ever envisioned making it all the way. And if I get to the point where I can get an offer from either WWE or AEW, that offer is going to be juicier than a steak from, you know, a steakhouse or, you know, a cookout or whatever. A really juicy steak the way you like it. That's the kind of offer I'm going to get because people who have been rumored to quote-unquote leave WWE for AEW have gotten extensions or new offers that are way better than what they previously have. Because AEW is selling healthcare, which is a big problem to WWE. A, a higher pay floor, might I add. I think six digits is the, the pay floor, but then again, you get a raise. And it's new, and all eyes are on it. Which is a big thing. I know I'm running on a huge tangent, but this is kind of the Russell Flip podcast style. And I might keep it this way, just running off and whatever conversation I might think of because my mind works like that. But walking into the business, it's a shoot, it's the best time to walk into the business, period. But I, I, I think I might have another episode like that, and I might keep it like that when I do start in the wrestling business. But to walk into that, I hope. Everybody can step up the product and be a great time with the wrestling business. But going back to Bailey versus Charlotte Flair, this was the right call. This indeed was the right call. I think it gives Becky legitimacy because she 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 still has one belt. She went one for one, which is a bad thing. Again, it gives Charlotte Flair legitimacy to. She has a rematch clause. So does Becky Lynch, and Bailey is legitimate for being the ultimate opportunist. She is no longer that hugger character quote-unquote and she's no longer that i'm just bailey you know hugging everybody i'm completely fine with sitting back and telling no she took her opportunity tonight and some people wait like Dolph Ziggler's waited nine months Rollins waited till wrestlemania carmella waited till after wrestlemania to take to seize her opportunity and take it and take what's theirs but so she waited tonight that was the opportunity Especially back-to-back matches. She was going to cash on whoever regardless. But I I just wonder what's next. I think it is it... Is Becky going to split off onto Raw? I don't know if she's if she, if she she's going to face Bayley. Rematch because she's going to beat Charlotte to face Becky... Or not ba- Bayley first and Bayley wins. And then they run that way with the SmackDown. And then Raw runs that way with, with Becky. Especially with Lacey and... Um, a lot of the, the talent, Alexa, I don't know what's wrong with her. She was not, she was really scheduled to be in the match. She wasn't, especially Nikki Cross. That, that women's division is nice. Like, both divisions are they're really better now that they've organized everything and Ronda's out of the way. You don't have an unstoppable Divas champion like you did with Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey. I just, I'm wondering where they're going. I would honestly have it where you take Becky and you take her off SmackDown, throw her onto Raw permanently, or not permanently until whatever you want to sudden fix her up. Have her and have her run with that division. 
be the next... I mean, I wouldn't mind Becky being a dominant champion. Because she is the man, quote-unquote. And she's, she's going to run that. And Bayley, I, I wouldn't mind a longer a longer run than she had last time. With the Raw Women's title. With this, with this SmackDown. But I wouldn't mind a longer run defeating Charlotte Flair. Like she did for the Raw Women's title, respective, you know, a couple years ago. And having that run facing Naomi. I think, I think Natalia is on SmackDown now. I'm not sure. But women like that, legitimately her title run, have a good, nice, clean, long title run. And seeing where that takes everybody, maybe into WrestleMania, maybe this whole Sasha thing is to build, kind of get us thinking about it. Maybe have that match at Mania or SummerSlam or the Rumble or wherever. But that match, I mean, even, even, even then, that, that sasha Bailey match has not had a nice culminating feud because... It was always that, that wave that always almost got over the wall into a big old feud. It was always teased, but never happened. And I would, like, honestly, I would love to see it. That match they had a, a takeover at Brooklyn, if you haven't seen it, please watch it. It is a fantastic match. The one that really started, that, that got that women's evolution up over the hump. That match was fantastic. And if you haven't seen it, again, go watch it. Pause this podcast right now. Go watch it. It's a fantastic match. You can find it on the network. You probably find it online somewhere. Some, you know, dude in his mom's basement probably recorded it and set it up on YouTube. Go watch it. You will enjoy it. I've got a lot of eyes in the women's division, but I've gone on probably like a 10, 15 minute tangent going from this these women matches to the next match, which is Roman Reigns versus Elias, which originally, I thought it was cool the way he opened it. They had their backstage shot of Roman Reigns walking out. Elias smacks his acoustic guitar over the back, walks out instead, walk, walks out through the curtain, and gets handed an electric guitar, which is a nice touch. Elias has always been acoustic, and doing acoustic, and hello, I am Elias, he still did that. But an electric guitar was a nice, clean, fresh, that I think was really cool. I, I would have loved to see him use it against Roman Reigns, but maybe he's going electric now. He had his nice dig, digging at Hartford, you know, the heel gets his heat. Um, nothing has come close to when he... When he uh, dissed what Seattle for that's why the, the Supersonics left and we'll never get a basketball team. That was prime heat. He, he did his job. Just just when he was done, he's like, "All right, I'm out. Bye. I love none of you." Goes up to the ramp. Roman Reigns music comes out. Of course, Superman punch throws him in the ring. Match starts. Spear one, two, three. Nice. Another cool, short match. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I thought the match should have gone a little longer. I think they should have an actual match. Um. The show ended at 9.30. They had a half hour to work with. They just chose not... To, I don't know if that that Samoa Joe match was, was supposed to have that extra half hour. Or that was... Joe just Joe just got a shoulder up and another botch or whatever. And that... I don't know. They're at a half hour to play. I would, I would love the match going a couple minutes, you know. Lias missed sidesteps the spear and goes on. And they had that actual match. And then hits the spear, but... Reigns winning, predictable as hell. I think, as of right now, I haven't kept up with my... I'm now... I had Roman. I, I did have Roman Reigns winning. Um, and I had Becky Lynch and then Charlotte Flair winning. So that's what? 0 for 1, 0 and 2, 0 and 3, 0 for 4, 1 for 4, 2 for 4, 3 for 4. I think, I think, I think I'm even. 4 for 4. Let me see how many... Times I got wrong completely. I I should keep keep track of this. One, two, three, four. I, I went 0 for four straight, and then I'm the two women's matches. I'm I'm not gonna count the cash in as official. It was an official quote unquote match, but that wasn't something you could predict because you didn't know Bailey was gonna win the money. I didn't think Bailey was gonna win the money in the big match, anyways. 
then for it to cash in the same night like Alexa Bliss did last year. Look at that. So I think I started over four and I've I've caught up for four with Elias and Nice. Not Elias. Elias losing, Nice winning, Reigns winning, Becky winning, and then losing that that second title match. Which I think so four for four for being really I think it shows how predictable it can be. But again, moving on to what I'm going to consider match of the night. It was fantastic. Rollins defending his Universal Championship against AJ Styles. And we'll consider a dream match. That has to happen in, what, 15 years? In an indie show in a gymnasium where AJ Styles beat Seth Rollins. I think I think I saw a Styles tweet saying he was alluding to, he, even though he's been older, he's it's going to be the same result. Match open. Back and forth. Fantastic. Back and forth. Styles reversed the ripcord knee. I haven't, I haven't seen that in months even. I don't think he goes for that very often. Which is what he used in between this, the curb stop getting banned. And then after, and after the pedigree. He had the pedigree forever. And then he ended the feud with Triple H. It didn't, it didn't make sense for him to use a pedigree anymore. But. Buckle bomb. Frog splashed. Near fall. Pinning combinations. Um, speak power of them, like it was back and forth. The match was fantastic. The moment is stuck in my mind. We'll get into it later. I just see, I remember another spot super reverse superplex or like a reverse TDT position, flipping them up into a like reverse TDT kind of sit out really near fault, right? Styles gets calf crusher, so champ gets out of it, avoided a Pele kick. And here's what happens. Super kick, the best spot. I spot I, I I got out of my seat for this one. Rollins goes for a curb stomp, right? Jumping up, gonna slam that foot in the neck, knock it out, to be over. Styles catches him, hits the Styles Clash, which I don't know how to people who don't know wrestling, especially um, who are listening, who don't know wrestling, kind of just stumbling onto this for the first time. Uh pile driver? I don't know. Uh how would I how would I describe a Styles Clash to somebody who isn't a wrestling fan? Starts at a power bomb, lifts up, legs over the arms, right, and then falls forward. Oh, I hit my mic there, uh, but the fact that he was able to reverse the, the curb stomp into a Styles Clash, and then a, it was a two point nine. I thought that match was over. I had I had Rollins winning this match. I had Rollins. I thought it was over. I thought it was going to be again losing another match. But no, the fact that he that I got out of my seat. That was a fantastic spot. They should have done that. Absolutely fantastic. Keeps going on. Rollins hits hits a ripcord knee again. Hits a super kick, a stomp. One, two, three. Rollins retained. Rollins starts celebrating. Styles gets out of the ring. Since back in the ring, I thought a couple things were gonna happen. One, handshake done. You know, whatever. Face face. Two, Styles turns heel. Attacks, attacks Rollins leads into SummerSlam, which has been fantastic. I would love to see these two in a match again, especially on a pay-per-view. Maybe a bit longer time, you know. I don't know. More action. Maybe a stipulation or something. And they could heal, you know, heel Styles, you know, face Rollins where it should be. Or maybe, hell, even heel Seth Rollins, which was fantastic with his, with his cash-in run, winning the Money in the Bank, cashing in a Mania, and then going on until he injured his leg. That heel Rollins was fantastic. Even then, seeing face styles too. Face, what, whatever, whatever these two guys do, whatever they're face face heel 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 face face heel respectively, they would have torn the house down, and they did. 
I'm calling a match on a night where money in the bank matches are the uh, the match to get you into the show, right? The match that it stole the show over that. Styles Styles comes into the ring. She offers. I thought either. I think I forgot this third option. C. You get the. You get Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, the club involved. Hell, even Finn Balor. A lot, a lot of wrestling fans would love to see the Bullet Club, but you can't call it Bullet Club because that's owned by Japan. That formed together a nice heel heel faction, you know. But Balor had his own with the Money in the Bank match, and boom, you get the three of them again. They reunited. They they originally were together with the when Styles faced John Cena at SummerSlam, which was a good match as well. If you haven't seen it, go watch it, and. Matches like those, Rollins versus Styles tonight, and Styles versus Cena, many are stuff like that. I that I watch, and I am in awe because as a future professional wrestler, that's what you want to look for. Those are the matches you want to put on. You want to know how to put on, and the fact that you want to not replicate but learn from and take pieces from, like that epic counter, curb stomp up into a Styles clash. Those are what you want to learn from. The match psychology, then your falls, the finishers, the, the stringing together signature moves, the ripcord knee, the super kick, and the curb stomp. Like, that's what you want to learn from, take from, and have fantastic matches yourself. So I, I watched that match, and immediately after, match was over, Rollins was celebrating before the, the handshake, I thought, I want to learn how to have a match that by Allen. Which everybody, I, I think in my personal opinion, if you're not going into wrestling... To be the the absolute very best of the business that 200 years from now after i'm long and gone and all of us listening right here right now are long gone fans will still come back to me as the greatest of all time conversation like like a michael jordan 200 years from now i i think there's a very good chance basketball fans if if basketball is still even a thing in 200 years when the greatest conversation of all time, you will still have the LeBron, you will still have the Kobe, you will still have the Michael Jordan. People might throw in Steph Curry, or maybe anything Zion, depending on how he goes. And that, and that, that, and that, and every generations after that big old star to add to that go conversation. That's the lovely thing about history, is you can take together. I want to. <laughs> what I'm trying to get at is I'm not trying to ramble. I've already been doing that. I didn't think I would clip 30 minutes. I'm going on 40, 42, 43. If you're not in the wrestling business to be the absolute very best A that you can be and B ever, that fans, again, 200 years from now will go, that man is the greatest of all time without a doubt in my mind. I don't care who came before him, whether it's Bruno Sammartino, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, The Rock, Steve Austin, John Cena, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley, Roman Reigns, you you name your personal greatest of all time. Dan O'Brien even. I love the new Dan O'Brien. I didn't I should have watched the kickoff show because I could have added on that. This heel Dan O'Brien is the best tag team champion. Wanted to take that 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 step the pages out of the women's evolution book and make tag team wrestling something fantastic is what has been missing from WWE. Which is kind of a big reason why the Young Bucks didn't go. Who the hell were they faced? The Usos have 20 matches with the Usos. The New Day, Kofi Kingston's riding on WWE Champion, which is the next match, but we'll get to it a little bit later. And I, AOP, they haven't done anything since Drake Maverick pissed his pants. Like, who are you going to feud with? Aleister Black and Ricochet, they're on two separate brands. Like, who do you feud with as you're the Young Bucks? And if you're going to legitimize 
the tag team division, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan are the team to do it because you have a believable heel in Daniel Bryan. And I, that's the reason why I'm because you need to legitimize this to get any tag team. You can get any, any superstar you want off, off the indies. They will, most, I should say, not any. Most wrestlers off the indies will come to be because of the name brand. It's like buying a pair of Beats versus a pair of Bows. The Beats are well known. They they have that reputation. Or hell, if you, for the football fans over here, Europe, wherever, you're going to sign for a club like Manchester United, Manchester City, because of the reputation of making stars and winning Champions League and winning, all, and winning the big games. Versus a club like my favorite club, Wolves. They don't have that. They, they're slowly building that reputation. You want to be something great. They, they signed for WWE. It's a, I think it's a perfect example for WWE AEW. You're going to sign for WWE because you have that reputation. More people know about it. There's more eyes on you from the start. But if but if you sign for a company like AEW, that is, that is going to build. You could help build it into something spectacular. It's potentially surpassing WWE. Is that likely? I'd give it a 5% chance of happening. Personally, because I don't know how long Vince has left to live, how long he's going to put himself in charge. He might run the company to the ground himself before we know it in 20 years. You don't, you just don't know. It is hard to predict these things, especially with the WWE succeeding financially. But in the eyes of the hardcore fans, it's not succeeding at all. It is failing its job. Tonight was a, a, especially a st another step in the right direction after Mania. They are, I think they're slowly trying to build it. I think some fans are just quick to, to just crap all over WWE for getting this a match here and a match wrong. I saw on Twitter about the main event before I started this podcast or this episode. It just doesn't make sense. How they could just be quick to. I think I saw the last, the, the Game of Thrones Season 8 finale. A lot of people were just like, why did this happen? I don't. I didn't watch it, obviously. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. But you get what I mean. This is another step in the right direction. Moving on, because I lost my train of thought completely. Um, another segment, another key segment. I think there was supposed to be a six-man tag match between the Lucha House Party. And I don't know who. I don't remember seeing... I don't remember who they were supposed to face. Probably some six-man tag from 205. I don't know. Anyways, they go out for a six-man tag match. Out comes Lars Sullivan, who... We've yet to see anything. Who got cold feet this time or a couple months ago last year as well? A year and a couple months ago, he's been out. He comes out, destroys the three of them. Quick segment. It's it was probably qu quicker than Joe versus Mysterio if I had to if I if I was a betting man, but I, I probably shouldn't bet on it because you can go back and check. But it was quick. It was short. Why? No idea. Again, this goes back to the fact that WWE don't know how to. I I won't say they don't know how to book. The writers are there for a reason. Why? I had no idea. But it just didn't make sense. Why didn't you have... You could have... You had 30 minutes. I'm going to go back to this. You had 30 minutes from like... I'm going to say 940. You had 20 minutes. You could have done a five-minute squash match. Lucha parties, three-on-one. Even Tornado. I don't care. If three of them at once and get mauled by, by Lars Sullivan. That would have been better than just the three of them going individually. <laughs> oh... One goes in after the other. I can't remember the names after who is who. But, God, I think Lindsay Giraldo got jumped at him first. No, he came in second. Grand Manalik jumped at him first, got mauled. Lindsay Giraldo went over the top rope, got mauled. Clay still waited in the ring like an idiot. Should have got the hell out of there. 
gets mauled. I think Lars busted himself open on the head, headbutting Kalisto either from his mask or something else. But that I mean that was the only good thing to like to take away from this mat from this segment is Lars Sullivan mauling three. I would I would say cruiserweights. They they all three used to be cruiserweights. Kalisto used to be cruiserweight champion, but. The fact that the three of them were mauling each other. Well, not three. I, just, I don't know what the hell I just said. The fact that Lars just mauled them. No match. Nothing. It that, that has to be the thing. Uh, WWE was going so perfect with this card. Unpredictable, yes. Predictable, yes. But it was a good chart. And then, overall, they still didn't move in the right direction. Minus this in the main event. But I still think they should have three-on-one handicap match. M Lars Sullivan just mauls the floor. But Lars being bloodied was also was also good. Accidentally, yes. And I chased of the Goldberg promo when he was feuding with Brock Lesnar leading up to WrestleMania 33 when he headbutted his door, busted open, didn't know about till after the promo. It adds to the badassery of the character, in my opinion. And the fact that you could just you could look back on that and you can use this as in the future segments. You know, building up Lars Sullivan. But for the segment itself, it just fell short. Not, not just short, it fell far. It, it it didn't come close to anybody's expectations. I don't... Yeah. Uh, next match. WWE Championship. Kofi Kingston versus Kevin Owens. Uh, might I add Kofi Kingston by himself. Um, I had Kofi Kingston winning because it doesn't make sense to take the belt off Kofi this soon. And Kofi Kingston won after Chum Paradise after the the boy's shoes <laughs> Kofi's shoes came off and but it, it was a good match. I think Owens is a very good heel. He's very good at doing that job, getting the crowd hot and continuing that that momentum. Kofi, as being a world champion, could not have been easier. It could not have been easier for WWE to, to succeed with, but at the same time, they are very well known as of just dropping the ball on stuff that falls into their lap like this. For those of you who are just listening for the first time or don't follow wrestling or whatever, Mustafa Ali, which is now Ali, who is in the men's Money in the Bank match we'll get to later, um, was supposed to be in the Elimination Chamber match a couple months ago for the WWE title. He gets injured. I Randy Orton hit him in the eye. He gets pulled out. In, in comes Kofi Kingston. And the fans are like, we want him to win the belt. And Kofi Kingston's the fan favorite, might I add. But it just, just fell in their lap. He got real overcoming second. He fell to Daniel Bryan, unfortunately. But this just fell in their lap. The fans were <laughs> rightfully pissed that Kofi Kingston lost. But it, but it built towards WrestleMania when they won it. This is one of the few things WWE has taken. It was a mile long target to hit and they and they hit the bullseye is is it was that easy to do absolutely but lo and behold they have been numerous times where they have just whiffed completely but they, it fell in their lap and after that he got a shot at fast lane which got taken over by kevin owens which this is big old looping they they love to loop everything together kofi goes on to face wrestlemania against Eddie brian he wins Dana Bryan gets dumped into the tag division, which is, a, which is the right move. Take him out of the picture for a while. Even years. I think he's fine with the tag team division. But it 
Kofi Kingston being world champion, you don't drop the belt this soon. Same thing with Rollins. He just wanted a mania as well in the opener and a nice quick match against Brock Lesnar, who we'll get to later. Um, but you don't drop the belt this soon, in my opinion. Especially not to Kevin Owens, who lost it to lost to Daniel Bryan, which Kofi Kingston beat. That doesn't make any sense. Yes, anything can happen in the WWE is one of the things that they love to say numerous times. But it didn't make any sense. Uh, something I did note, spots... I think the match was nothing nothing special. Other than Boston Crab, Kevin Owens focusing on the back. He, him shoving Kingston into the ring post. Him bouncing off the ring post into, into a camera and a cameraman. And then, the, like, the back attack was something is, is what needs, I think, is nice. Focusing on a body part, like, the great, the great Arn Anderson, f focus a body part and just, neut and just neutralize it. The back especially, um, you can't really walk if your back is killing you. I think legs would have been a whole lot smarter because Kingston is a high flyer. And his trouble in paradise is a literally a round, a, a, pretty much a kick. And if you neutralize the legs, he can't, he can't jump, he can't do anything. Other than that, there wasn't Boston Crabs. Um, the shoes coming off was a nice one. I don't know if... I think, yeah, he ripped the shoes off. That, that was a nice touch. Stunner has been really protected. Stone Cold Steve Austin original. They don't really... They didn't protect it, really. Because they had the Rock hanging out of 20 of them in a, in a WrestleMania match. I don't know what we're saying, but... I, I, I just like how they're protecting it. So hard. He hit one. He hit one, but he... But Kofi Kingston got to the bottom rope. That is... Mentally, Kevin Owens' own fault for not pulling him away from the rope. Had he done that, he would have won the match for sure. But again, this is not the way it, it was. Kingston gets the trouble in paradise. One, two, three. Xavier Wood comes out. And rumor is they're going to break up the New Day with Vicky out until, I think, reports for 21-22. But I doubt that. It's 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 just a groin injury from Biggie doing the splits. Big, a big man doing the splits is not a good idea. But... Man, the man wants to do what the man wants to do, and he can enjoy doing home time and playing video games. But the the, the rumor is they were going to break up the new day. Um, that shouldn't happen. I think they should stick with Xavier and, and Kingston together. Speed Force, whatever, the, whatever the tangent was called. I can't think of something. I think it's Speed Force for the new day. The three of them. That's, anyways, they should keep them together. But it did. But it did look like for a second, Xavier was going to attack. Um, Kofi, which wouldn't have made any sense. Thank God they didn't. Other than that, I think... I don't know where this leads. Kingston? I think um, maybe some of the SmackDown guys like Roman Reigns. I hope... I swear to God. If Roman Reigns gets a title opportunity out of that storyline with Elias and Vince McMahon and everybody else, I, will it be highly predictable? Absolutely. I just hope Kofi keeps the belt for a while. Being the first African-American WWE champion, I think some people are going to be quick to point out that, yes, Ron, Ron Simmons, um, Mark Henry, top of my head, Ken Booker, Booker T, have all been world heavyweight champions that have then, that, that yes, they did merge into the WWE belt when they merged it a couple years ago with Cena and Orton in TLC match at TLC, but the fact that he's a pure WWE champion, the first African-American, is fantastic, and they should not drop the belt for a while. I I would be okay with him dropping the belt at SummerSlam if he if he gets it back, right? I, I, I hope they run with it till at least October, November, December, even, even the Rumble. Have him lose. It would make sense for him to lose at the Rumble, enter the Rumble, and do his, and do his spot, lose, 
get a shot at elimination chamber and then lose. I don't care. He just needs to have a long reign to make up for the 50, 55, almost 60 years that WWE's been a thing and not had one African-American champion. I hope this the reign is a long thing. But that's either here than there. We have no idea. Vince, I think, changes his mind on a dime, I think, for Raw a couple weeks ago. He had the script that went out that finalized minutes before this, the, the Raw went live, which is concerning. But Vince changed his mind really quickly. And that's you got to roll with. I think that's a lot of people just kind of got used to. So we have no idea where this will go, I think. Because I think a lot of people, including some people that I listen to, refer to this as the the reset points, right? Mania comes in. They have the cultivating feuds leading up to WrestleMania. WrestleMania had some feuds break off, but some like a, what, Rollins or the Hawkins, the writer of the Raw Tag Belt, that will continue, right? Most feuds stop there, but some seep through, and Money in the Bank is the point where everything just kind of resets, clean, clean slate, everything, because you have those three months to build towards Money in the Bank, and then you can build towards SummerSlam. But with Money in the Banks, I was kind of hoping uh, we, we would get a middle of the road, Miss Money in the Bank after Carmella, the first and second Miss Money in the Bank. That was very complicated. The fact that they're recognizing her being a two-times Miss Money in the Bank is very confusing. The fact that James Ellsworth should be one-time Money in the Bank. But that's another here or there. Went, what, nine, ten months? And Miss Money in the Bank for cashing in on, on Charlotte Flair. And then Alexa Bliss going immediately the same night. I think Bailey actually only waited 40 minutes to cash in her belt, which beats Kane, I think, in Money in the Bank 2010, cashing in after 49.50. Um... Or I should say Mayor Kane, because he's now the mayor of what? Knox, Knox County. Um, but I, I would have loved for her to hold on to Miss Money in the Bank for a while. Speaking of Money in the Bank, main event of the show. Men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Finn Balor, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, Ricochet, Randy Orton, Andrade, or Andrade say Yamal's people, and Ali. Ali again. I had Andrade win in this match. I was wrong. I will get to the victor of the match at the end of, of of my match review. But I had I had Andrade. I would have been fine with Drew McIntyre and Ali. The only reason I would accept Ali is again he 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 got pulled out of the match against the elimination match because it's an eye injury. But match quick. I thought we we were gonna get the the replacement immediately. May have been Lars even Lars, but Lars. Wasted that opportunity when he destroyed the Lucha House Party. Or Bray Wyatt. That character has been fantastic. I'm going to go on a tangent again here. The way they have built that... I don't know how to describe it. Kids show nightmare is the first three words kept in mind. With this new gimmick. I don't. I, I, I would have thought after they, they took out Sammy Zayn, they would have had him lights go out, come back in. Tom Savini design mask and all. I thought they would have had it here and him winning Money in the Bank. But, no. Match. Uh, kind of quick points. Randy Orton throwing people on the back body drop in the, the, the announce table. That kind of reminds me of when he threw one of the uh, Singh brothers at Backlash with 2016 when Jinder Mahal won the WWE belt. Having, when the India market was going to take off with WWE. Um, and just into Ricochet and Ali. Ladder. Randy Orton was was quick to grab a ladder um pretty much action flying quick and fast people going over the top um 
So, Balor goes up the top rope. It's just, this was a fantastic spot. The one that just, it looks so nasty. Um, Balor goes to the top rope to grab, to grab the briefcase, right? Which is very early on in the match. You knew somebody was going to interfere. Otherwise, I think it, was, it just hit 9.20, I think, at that point. Central time. Um, and so, Andrade comes up and starts kind of spearing him up with a ladder, kind of poking him off. Balor comes down. They brawl. Um, I forget. Some move happened. At the top of my head, I can't remember. Andrade bridges the ladder between one of the rungs and then the middle rope. Ali goes around the back end, goes up the ladder. Balor comes up the other end where the bridge is, climbs up on the bridge, goes up the ladder. They start rolling back and forth. Andrade goes for a sunset flip powerbomb and smack and smacks Finn Balor down in the middle of that of, the, of that ladder. But the best part is Balor went about a couple, three, four feet in the air, off the bounce, and smacked right back on the ladder again. Again, I got out of my seat for that spot. It was fantastic. Look gnarly. Um, Balor. Balor's back has got to kill him after tonight. He was the kind of the one guy that took the most bumps. I remember sitting car a couple years ago, Money in the Bank, when Sheamus powerbombed him through the bridge ladder from the United table and the ring, the apron. That, that was a spot. Sin Cara did a lot of those bumps. But they have a Sin Cara that botched a lot. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Corbin and McIntyre were quick favorites. They were, they were kind of alliancing. Which is smart in a match. The multi-man like that's kind of looking at it. Kind of as a as a quote-unquote real perspective. Align with somebody like the Hunger Games. Take everybody out. And then duke it out themselves. That quickly uh, turned to dust. After McIntyre had again the... Like another ladder bridge, a big old long ladder, and again, going to put Ali through it. <laughs> running out of air, talking for an hour. Um, Ali fends off McIntyre. Corbin comes in, choke slams, chokes him Ali through the I think the Spanish announce table. That always that always gets broken. If you're a wrestling fan, you understand what I mean when it always gets broken. But McIntyre gets choked over the top rope, ending the line. Corbin throws him over the over the barricade, not dealing with him. Goes over, deals deals with Ricochet. Ricochet comes out of the ring, going to a suicide dive. Deep six on the barricade. Out comes Corbin. Claymore kick. Bang. Corbin. Okay, in between, right? In between that. I'm reading CBS Sports. I can like it. Um, Corbin choke slams Balor onto a spread out ladder on the floor. So, like, imagine a ladder standing up, folding out. Remember, just look at that on its side, just falling over. And on the very, very top. Slam his back. It's got to kill him. Got a deep six. McIntyre comes back in the ring. Balor gets suplexed onto a ladder, which hurts McIntyre, again, if you're looking at it. Ricochet kind of comes back in the ring, comes flying at McIntyre, who is in the corner where the ladder bridge. He kind of just kind of grabs him, chucks him up over the top rope, and through that ladder bridge, which is a six spot. The, the crunch sound was fantastic. That takes Ricochet out of the match for good. Orton enters the ring, my dad. Orton didn't do a whole lot in this match as the veteran who's been in more matches won one even. I think him, Baron Corbin, are the only two that have won a Money in the Bank match. So them two being the only people, they kind of were smart. But Randy, Randy Orton kind of bided his time, came in the ring after doing a couple bumps here and there. Again, does his... Money in the Bank signature, pulling one leg, throwing it backwards. So the person, the McIntyre comes off the rope. RKO taking McIntyre to the match, which is kind of cool. 
Um, okay, oh, Corbin comes back in, takes out Orton. Corbin goes up to the top of the rope, top of the ladder, climbing. Ali jumps onto the ladder and try and tries to leapfrog him to go over, which is really cool. And pretty much kicks him off the ladder. Ali's the top rope. And surprise, Brock Lesnar comes back to be the eighth man of the match. Comes sprinting down the ring, throws Ali off the ladder, climbs the ladder. And at this point, I'm like, WTF, but not in short. Um... Lesnar climbs the top rope, starts laughing like a madman, and pretty much wins. He is now Mr. Money in the Bank. Whether that means he goes back after the Universal title that, he, that Rollins took from him, or they or they throw him to SmackDown, maybe that's what Fox wants. Maybe maybe Fox wants Lesnar as WWE champion again to, to run that show and to advertise. Brock freaking Lesnar, UF, former UFC heavyweight champion, is on Friday Night SmackDown. Tune in. Is that the plan? I don't know. Are they going to go back and Lesnar going to absolutely demolish Seth Rollins after a, after a title defense? No idea. But that's how the end of the show. It, it, Lesnar being Mr. Money in the Bank gives me a mixed reaction. Is it the right call? Absolutely the F not. No, I don't think you don't need a guy like Lesnar who has been booked as protective as he has been for the last couple years... Only facing main event talent. And he only shows up four times a year as is. And has been champion for 500 days. Um, which would be the longest reigning title reign of the new era. The modern era. Had Pete Dunne not have the United Kingdom Championship for 600 plus days. But that's the whole other different. But it's still in the WWE branch. And again... Again, you don't need a guy like Lesnar to be money in the bank to be built as a legitimate threat to the universal title. What do I personally believe about Lesnar? I think he should have one more fight in the UFC against DC and leave. Gone for good. I don't think he should. He's old. How old is Lesnar? Let me just double check that right now. Um, he's got to be in his 50s, right? I mean, he's 41. Not what I expected. But, him being 41, him being in the UFC, him having to retire twice from the UFC, I forget what the condition he has, but due to a condition he has, this man looks like a puffed out balloon on steroids, literally. Um, is that the right move? I No, I think somebody, I, I would have taken... Balor, I would have taken him being Intercontinental Champion and him not defending the belt. I think two belts... Too many people with two belts wouldn't be the smart idea. But I think having two Irish, like Irish people with Becky Lynch and Finn Balor, would have been, been nice. I think you you could have formed a, a faction around Irish people, maybe UK like McIntyre, Sheamus. Even Sheamus is also Irish, but um, same as Sheamus on the match, I would have taken. I nah, there there could have been more to do with that character with Money in the Bank, and I would have been interested to see it. Corbin. Yes, I would have taken that as well over Lesnar. But simply because that arc of him beating Kurt Angle in his retirement match, Kurt Angle being too old to freaking wrestle properly, um, him having that notch on his belt, being a legitimate Golden Glove boxing champion, I think they alluded to that at the beginning when Corbin made the ring announcer mention that, him being that legitimate, and you could build him into something legitimate, 
I would have taken it. Him be already being a, a Mr. Money in the Bank and then losing, I would not have taken that. Drew McIntyre, yes, absolutely. I would have taken that. The Scottish Psychopath would have been a fantastic addition for Money. Money in the Bank would have been a fantastic addition to his character, right? Him being able to be vicious and brutal and cash in whenever he wants to, especially be beating down the champion, the crowd going wild. He's going to cash in, just walks out and leaves. Sends a message saying, I can do whatever I want, whenever I please. Ricochet, maybe. I don't think Ricochet is ready for the main event spotlight just yet. He is a fantastic athlete. I kind of expect to do a, a 6.30 off of a ladder. But then again, he hurts himself every, every time he does it because that's too much torque on a body to do one and a half rotations onto an opponent really quickly. Orton, yes. I think him having a two-time Money the Bank notch would be would be try to removing Punk from the WWE. I think that would have been nice. Andrade is who I had. I think you, you give the belt... You give the world to a guy like Andrade, and he can do fantastic things. Um, but I, I'm, I think they might want to give him. I think they were teasing giving him the United States belt, and then they, I think they have that Saudi Arabia show, which I'm absolutely not going to watch. Um, I don't agree with them going to Saudi Arabia, but I think they might give him the United, the Intercontinental belt, and have him. That would have been fantastic. Uh, that's you have to give Andrade the belt. He's kind of, I think he's becoming hot. And he, he is a fantastic competitor. Los. Um, but you need to be able to strike the iron while it's hot. They did that with Becky Lynch. They have, they're have they doing that with Kofi Kingston. I think the iron is becoming hot with Andrade. But there is more to be done. I feel like... I think he I think him and Ali needed a minor title reign to kind of legitimize themselves. And same with Ali. I would have taken Ali winning... If they gave it to somebody else. Uh, via. Or a la. Mr. Kennedy winning WrestleMania 23. Money in the Bank briefcase. Losing it to Edge. And then the next night. Him cashing in on The Undertaker. Winning the World Heavy title. But that was also because. Kennedy was on his way out of the company. And they wanted to get it off. That or he was injured one of the two. But Kennedy was out of the company. Shortly thereafter. Brock Lesnar. Again. Doesn't make any sense. But. On the flip side, it makes sense in a way to give an F, big old F you middle finger to the fans that think they are predictable. Who in the world, in their right mind, can say they predicted Brock Lesnar to interfere in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match? You would have been in your right mind had you said he would have interfered on the Money in the Bank card. A lot of a lot of people like myself, I would have, if, if I was told yesterday, right, or earlier today, that Brock Lesnar would have interfered 100% Darren Gam T., I would have thought Styles Rollins because he he has that universal title rematch clause, not the money in the make match. Hell, I would have taken Kingston Owens as well, but him holding a money in the make doesn't make any sense. What they could do with this, they could go the Braun Strowman route last year and cash in ahead of time. But anybody who's ever done that, except for Rob Van Dam in two thousand six, the ECW One Night Stand has lost John Cena and Braun Strowman people that come to mind. I don't get the decision. Overall, um, I'm going to give the card four stars. The only reason why I don't rate it higher, Lesnar winning, I think, um, the Lars Sullivan thing could have been a match and done. 
that Rollins-Styles match definitely held up the card without a doubt. Without a doubt in my mind, that had that match been half as good this to show it had been two and a half, three stars. This match was fantastic. Reigns, Elias, I don't know. You could have you could have done more with that as well. I feel like you could have divvied up that 20 minutes between the two of them. The, the women's segments, you can't do much else with that. I think you can't, can't do ice just you can't do much better. That was actually handled by WWE and shouldn't be... It shouldn't be reversed. I don't want no gimmick finish. Charlotte's a nine-time women's champion. I don't know if they're going to have Charlotte surpass her father as 16-time world champion. I haven't even seen her for that matter. I don't know when they're going to do that. I don't know. But, um, cruiserweight match, I feel like, again, should have gone towards the end of the show with Game of Thrones going on. You know, I think that was the right card. But it's in the wrong spot. I think the Lars Sullivan segment, Lesnar winning... And I think personally for me, the, the Rey Mysterio Samoa Joe match should have gone longer. Other than that, the show is a, is a right direction towards SummerSlam. Where they go with everything, again, beyond me, they, Vince changed his mind on the drop of a hat. However, I think there's more to be done. It'd be interesting what goes on. I think Prince all it'll do for the rest of the podcast. I have been your host, Nicholas Roberts. Rambling at you for, for 73 minutes and 11 seconds. And I think I'll see you guys for the next pay-per-view. When is that next pay-per-view? I think I should have this ahead of time. But it's nice, you know, to see what goes on behind the scenes. Pay-per-view schedule, yeah. I th is it? It's the, it, it's the Super Showdown because they canceled Backlash, I think. Yeah. But da 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 35, Worlds Collide, Final Chapter, Money at the Bank, TakeOver 25. This is the next one. Super Showdown. Stomping Grounds is later in June. Nice pay-per-view. So you've either one of those two. Not Super Showdown. But other than that, I've been your host, Nicholas Roberts, once again. You have been listening to WrestleFlip for the last 73 minutes of me rambling out of my goddamn mind. I'll see you guys all later.